Maybe this is your first child you're homeschooling. Maybe it's your third, fourth, or fifth. But you realize your kid isn't learning as quickly as you expected. And you start to question yourself. Maybe you start to have some doubt in your homeschooling. Maybe you are frustrated and you're like, I'm not sure. I'm trying everything I know to help my child out, but nothing is improving. What is happening? What am I doing wrong? Maybe what do I have to change? And you feel stuck. Well, this episode is for you mamas because I have a child like that. (laughs) And what to do when your kid isn't learning as quickly as you expected is really going to help you through this process, not just for your child, but especially for yourself as a homeschooling mama. So I want to make sure that you can get all the goodness in. So listen to the end so that you can help your child through this process. And at the same time, not stress yourself out. Now, if you aren't following me on Instagram, come and join me on Instagram. I am at Kavai underscore Aquin. K-A-W-A-I underscore A-H-Q-U-I-N. I would love to connect with you, follow you, see your homeschooling journey too. And especially if you're a homeschooling slash entrepreneur mama, I would definitely love to connect and cheer you on in your business, see what you're doing out there, and I bet you're doing some goodness too. I'll see you on the gram, but first let's jump in to this episode. Aloha mamas, you've made it to the Homeschooling Entrepreneur Mom podcast. I'm Kavaya Quinn, RN turned full-time entrepreneur and homeschool rock star to five kiddos. I know you're frustrated with homeschooling. You know there's a way to make it fun, but you haven't figured it out yet. And you're overwhelmed with combining homeschool and making money from home. You're wishing for a way to integrate homeschooling and building a business while giving your kiddos the gift of entrepreneurship. So if you're ready to create a homeschool filled with fun and adventures while you're making money, get your favorite mama juice and throw your hair in a messy bun. Let's get to work. Aloha, my friends. Welcome to another episode. And today we're going to be talking about that child. I know you love all your kids, (laughs) but maybe this is your only child. Or if you're like me, you got a whole tribe of them and you have one that just isn't learning as quickly as you expected them to learn. And you may be feeling frustrated. You may be feeling that you're failing your child. You may be feeling like something is wrong. I've done all the right things. Maybe something's wrong with my child. And it's okay, mamas, for you to even think that way because that is what makes you human. We are all human. We can think thoughts like that. It doesn't make us a bad person. It definitely does not make us a bad mom because I know you are trying whatever you can to figure out how to help your child. And I I can relate to you full on because my first child was amazing. Mind you, the gap between my oldest and my second child is about three, almost four years. And so for that amount of time, he was just our only child and we spent all our time with him. So he could count way past 20 by the time he was 18 months. He had a very clear and great conversations with us, like full sentences at such a young age. He was a very quick learner. He still is a very quick learner where I can, now he's 12. So now when we do his work, I just do a quick explanation with him, maybe one or two 
um, examples and he's off and running, doing his own thing. And he can do that in many different subjects. Yes, there's a couple subjects that he struggles on and that isn't his strong point. But overall, he can catch on to something real fast. That was my first child. I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. I can homeschool all day long <laughs> if all my kids were like that. But it's not, right? We know every child has their own unique personality. And that also comes with learning styles. And that also comes with if they even like a subject or not. My second child didn't talk to after he was two. So that in itself was a whole process because I wasn't used to do that. Remember, my first child was counting and like speaking very clearly to me at 18 months. And I thought I had like a mini adult with my first child to hang out with because he talked very well with me. And then my second child did not want to talk. <laughs> so that one, I was like starting to be concerned. I'm like, what's happening? And my doctor was like, his doctor was like, don't worry. He's a second child and everyone is talking for him. So he just doesn't want to talk. But mind you, once he started talking, he now has very, very long and, you know, intricate intellectual conversations with us. And he's eight. He's a thinker and a processor. And the thing with him was I realized I just need to explain things maybe a few different ways. But once he gets it, it clicks. He can he can now go off and running. So. I got my first child who's a quick learner. I got my second child who I know I just need to spend maybe a little bit more time with. But once he gets it, he gets it. And I don't have to like go back again and again and again and try to reiterate the same things. Now bless the heart of my third child. <laughs> this is the child I'm talking about in this episode because when he came along, I was like, okay, I get it. They might not want to talk until a little bit older, but he started talking pretty young, like normal age. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then when he became, I want to say about four or five years old, I would try and do the same curriculum with him, like around pre-K that I did with my older two. And he just wasn't having it. <laughs> He's like, I'm good, mom. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to play. I want to be creative. And so Knowing that that was my third child and knowing that my second one took a little while just to kind of ease into the learning process, I waited till he showed more interest. And that was about maybe later in his five-year-old year, six years old, when I realized, okay, he is now giving me the attention needed to go and do more quote-unquote school with him. And so I would count him as like a late starter in that sense because he just didn't show interest. And I realized at that point, like that would just stress me out if I forced it upon him. So that's tip number one. If your child is young, maybe like pre-K to kindergarten years, even first grade, like that age level, and it would be around like four to six. If they are not showing interest in books, if they're not showing interest in sitting down and learning with you, or even just giving you attention for at least a good 15 minutes, then I would encourage you to just allow them to continue to play. To play, explore, imagine. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay if your kid is not reading by five years old. It is okay. Because 
Now you're almost adding stress into your homeschool, into your life and onto your child because now you put an expectation on them that they're just not ready for. Because like with anything in life, because this is this goes with adults and kids, if you're not willing to do the project or do the task or the school, then it's going to be like dragging someone through mud. And that's what you will be doing with your child when they are not ready. So what, I'm not telling you like do absolutely nothing with them. Encourage play and encourage them to play and do things while you're doing homeschool in the same room. So tell them, hey, you can totally play quietly right there in the corner. I'm just going to do school with your siblings. And that's what I did with my middle child. I would do school with the siblings and I'll just have them play on the side. And I would, you know, go through books, go through projects with the older ones. And he watched, he watched and he noticed. And then he said, okay, I want to have my own book. I want to sit at the table. And once that interest came and I was like, okay, let's start with you. So that's one of the tips for a child who you feel like is, isn't learning as quickly or isn't joining as quickly as you want into your school. Now let's fast forward a bit. We jumped in. We started with like, you know, basic fundamentals, some math, some reading, like phonics and some writing. And I remember when we would do writing and he still does this till today. And then I've learned to just accept that, that it's a part of him. When I would teach writing to him, my little third child would start making the letters into his own creations. So he would turn it into like a um, like a robot. He would turn it into a rocket ship. He would make all his letters look like a picture. <laughs> and at first, I almost caught myself like scolding him and telling him, that's not how you write an H. That is not how you write an A. But the truth is, he wrote the letter. And then he was like, and I'm going to add some eyes to it. And I'm going to add a face. And I'm going to add this. So I had to take a step back as a parent and go, hey, you know what? He's actually doing the task, but he's taking it a step further to make it more enjoyable for him. And I just pulled away and I said, all right, go for it. I see the word in there (laughs) and you technically did it right without the drawings, but I'll just let you go. Because what I saw that evolve into was when it came down to actually writing words, and writing out a sentence, he could do it. It still clicked for him. The drawings just made school more enjoyable for him. But I can tell you, like, if you're not ready for it, or if you <laughs> if you are a stickler and you are a like rule follower, that might be hard for you. And I'm, ta- I'm talking to you, Mama, because for them, their imagination is still like alive and. St- like prospering in their heads. And I know for me, I had to unlearn a lot of things when I became a homeschooling mama. So maybe that's something you kind of have to check with yourself. What do I have to unlearn in this process? Because I remember my husband coming home one day and my son opened his writing book and showed his dad. He's like, look, dad, look what I did today. And my husband was like, you drew pictures in your book? (laughs) And I had to I had to show my husband like, no, he actually wrote the words, but he turned it into pictures afterwards. And it was almost like a puzzle, like, you know, like that look and find puzzles 
where you have to see something that's hidden in the picture. That's what it actually looked like at the end of it. And when my husband saw that, he's like, oh, I see I see the words now. I said, yeah, he that's his thing. That's what makes school more enjoyable for him. So I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not going to be like, no, you can't have fun in school because our ultimate goal for our family with school is for them to love learning. Yes, to learn writing and to read and to do math, but overall to love learning because we know when they love learning, they will actually learn all the things. Um, does it always turn out to be fun and happiness every single day? Nope. Some Sometimes, and this can happen more than often during certain weeks, depending on the moods of everyone in this house, there's so much dynamics. It's not as enjoyable, but if I can keep little things like that in his schooling to make it enjoyable, that's one thing you might have to look for your child. Like, were you the one that took out all the fun for them? Do you have to add fun back in to your child's learning? Because maybe that's why they aren't learning as quickly because they just don't think it's fun. They don't think it's enjoyable. So they rather not sit there and listen to maybe the subject or the lesson. They might not just want to be there because they would rather be somewhere else where they are having fun. So that's the next one. Are you allowing your kids to have fun during their lessons it doesn't mean like go crazy and like you know start throwing things around making a mess but is there little ways that you can add fun back in to their lessons to help them be more engaged be more present for that lesson now the other thing I realized was my third child yes he learns at a different pace He's not a quick learner like the two older ones, but he is more of a creative. He's more of a dreamer, like I said, with his writing. And I had to look at that as still a strength because growing up as a straight A student, I was taught that the only way that you are top of the class, the only way you're the best of the best is if you get straight A's in your classes. If you do um, all the lessons, if you can be a quick learner, if you do all the projects, you overachieve, like that was ingrained into me. And to sit there with a child who's a dreamer and a creative, I had to realize like that is also a strength, a huge strength in him. And instead of going, no, I need you to be a straight A student. I need you to know all your academics. I had to ask myself, okay, how do I build off that strength? but still get some fundamentals in there. Like I need you to learn your foundations. So I realized it's okay to stay on a topic way longer than planned, than expected. And that is not, that doesn't dictate that they are a bad student. That doesn't dictate that they are falling behind. It just means in that sense, they need a little bit more time because you can still realize that they are excelling as a dreamer, as a creative, as doing something else. So like when I tell my son, okay, I want you to go make something. I want you to go build something. I want you to do something more like tactile. And he will go and just like above and beyond, just go do something. And he, he doesn't need any direction. It's, that's where he's a quick learner. That is where he excels. And 
I'm okay. I had to be okay with that. Like I had to be okay with him being amazing at that part and then being not a straight A student in the reading, writing, math part. So maybe that's another like mind switch you have to do for yourself and see like what can you cultivate in them? Because once you cultivate that and you let them know like this is amazing, I want you to still like do more of this. But at the same time, this is needed because this is how it's going to support that. So that's one way I also encourage him to learn his fundamentals. So sometimes, like for instance, this week, I had to put his math book away (laughs) because we got to a subject where I know that if I taught him that, he would, it, it wouldn't help his learning. It would actually deter it because I know that he doesn't have the fundamentals needed for that topic right now. Like he doesn't have it down solid. So I said, nope, we're putting your book away for this week. I want you to just go and review this part. I want you to like really know it. So we incorporated songs. We incorporated, um, you know, looking at some charts. We have done other things in the meantime to just continue to build his foundational work. And then when I feel like that is great to go, we will continue with the book. So that's I feel like that's the last tip. Do not make your book or course like the dictator of your child's learning. I know that may be hard because you're trying to finish the book. You're trying to reach like all the milestones in it. Like you're supposed to finish it in a month or two months or a semester or a year. And you're like, no, we're going to fall behind. But the truth is all of us, including yourself, learn at different rates. And if you allow the book to dictate your child's learning, then now you just took that away from your kid. So I have allowed my kid to take some time to really like get solid on foundations, whether it's like multiplication, addition, subtraction, division, like whatever it is, like I want you to get solid at that first. It could even be with reading. It could be with writing. Like I want you to get really confident in that because once I move you on to these other things, it won't be as hard. You will not struggle as much. And you would probably notice that they will work through it a lot faster. So it might take a little bit longer at this point because you are realizing that something is just not working. So you have to change your gear a bit. But don't worry. Like once they get it down, once you realize like how do I incorporate just a little bit more fun and enjoyment in here they will actually either catch up like go past or excel like after that because you have built their confidence up you have allowed them to be in that moment and enjoy it and one of the things I love to say is they are not behind they are going at their unique pace because it is true. Your kid is not behind. Your kid is not, you know, the child who's not learning, who's the child who is, you know, I won't call it dumb, but the child that is not up to par. Like that is not your child. There is just something that you probably have to tweak. And maybe it's one of the things that I talked about today. And if it is, I hope you go and implement it with your child. Start with one. Maybe it's something you have to change with yourself. Implement it and see how that changes your homeschool.
So I'm here to cheer you on, mamas. And like I said in the beginning, if we are already not connected on Instagram, come and follow me at Kavai underscore Aquin, K-A-W-A-I underscore Aquin. I'm that homeschooling entrepreneur mama who loves to dance (laughs) and who loves to get to know you too. And like always, only you can go out and make your day amazing. So definitely go out and do that. Hey, mama friend, if this podcast inspired, encouraged, or gave you confidence to take action today, I would love for you to share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Kavai underscore Aquin. Then drop it in a message to another friend who needs to hear it too. The biggest compliment would be for you to take a minute from your busy mama day and leave me a review and subscribe. I'm so grateful for you and I'd love to keep this conversation going. The best way to connect would be in my Facebook group, bit.ly slash H-E-M support group. Till next time, lots of aloha. Goodbye.